And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Here we are back a week later after the Nardwar 20-year, 20-hour interview marathon. It's over. I promise you, not another marathon for at least another 10, 20, 30, 40 years. However, I did find, upon going home, a few things that I did not play during the Nardwar 20-hour, 20-year interview marathon. One of them being... An interview with Fibonacci Henry 77 from December 22nd, 1989. And another one being an interview with Warrant from October 6th, 1995. So today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, Henry 77 and Warrant. Time now for the Nardwarta Human Serviette Show. On CITR FM 102. And who do we have in the studio today? Santa by the name of Henry 77 on your 101.9 Fibonacci modulation dial. Who with are maximum you? Maximum exposure and minimum superposition CITR. And, Henry, who are you? Well, I'm visiting Vancouver with the best, biggest, most fantabulous Christmas gift anyone could ever have. A opening of the book of heavy-duty information. A big reminder about what familiarity does. And a little informing about the way of the natural spiral on all levels of the cosmos. That's who. What is the big book? Is this big book the Bible? My goodness, you could call it a Bible. But, and uh, there are more words uh, involved in it uh, than the Bible. I have something like maybe ten Bibles worth of words. New and Old Testament, if you're talking about that. But I am uh, involved in reminding people about what familiarity does. What is familiarity? Familiarity is a beautiful mother that has a terrible daughter. There are several other beautiful mothers that have terrible daughters, like truth begets hatred. Virtue causes envy, brings on envy, and riches brings on fear ignorance or danger, depending upon who said it. But the big mother, the grandmother, you might say, is familiarity. It's familiarity with the truth that'll get you to hate it. Familiarity with the virtue, which will get you to envy it. And familiarity with the riches, which will bring fear and danger into your heart. What is, um, when you said a beautiful mother, could God be the beautiful mother? I mean, is God a beautiful mother and like Cher, the movie actress Cher, the ugly daughter? Wow. No, I don't, I think you're getting, maybe because it's Christmas, you're hitting me with this God business. Okay. <laughs> we might be saying that. Who is that, God, Henry, first of all? First of all? Who is God? Let's not uh, 
Okay, let me do. Let me read you a little something. I'll read you a little something. That's the way you feel. That's the way you're gonna be, Nar. Nardwar. Nardwar. But I was just wondering who is God. I mean, I. I'm just asking a general question. I ask it to like rock stars, so right, anybody. Like, here, not okay. that you're not a rock star. Well, I'm sort of like a star of some kind. A falling star, you might say. Shooting star, spiraling star. There's the big one. The big one is like for H. Could be for Henry, but really, let's make it for I. Uh, not for heroin either, but for hydrogen. You know, the number one element, hydrogen. Now, if you subtract Henry from hydrogen, what you're going to be left with is D. O-G, what they call man's best friend, or spelled backwards, the other friend you want me to describe, G-O-D. Well, we got Henry and God and hydrogen, the big beginning. And how did it begin? How did God begin things if he, uh, if he did it? And this he is spelled capital H, capital H, capital H, capital E, small e, small e, which stands for his and or her highness essence. And that you could spell that essence with a big S and a small S-E-N-S-E or E-S-S-E-N-C-E and mean the same thing. For the essence of everything is a kind of spiraling, which what the Astronomers are saying the first matter collected in the universe was in the shape of an S, actually a pair of spiraled arms. And that kind of relationship shows up forever and everywhere on all levels of the cosmos, which uh, sometimes I call God's thumbprint. What are you doing in Vancouver exactly, Henry? Henry to 77. Henry 77 is here like he's been in, uh, per, I don't know, 200 different towns uh, in the lower 48. It's my first visit to, uh, to Canada with this idea. I've been going from university to university, reminding people about familiarity, what familiarity does, pointing out to them that perhaps this idea of family that we are working so hard at keeping together, keeping in prominence, why we are trying to maintain the myth that family is important, the idea of family is important. I, it came to me some almost 18 years ago that this is a mistake, and it turned into a message which read, family is a disease. Familiarity, the germ, and you have been spreading this message since 17 or 18 years ago. That's true. In many universities, over several university radio stations, as uh, CITR here. Have you come across much believers in what you are trying to say, that family is, a family is no good? What are, what are some of the uh, arguments that people have possibly given to you, Henry, saying that what you are saying... I do not believe. What, do, what is, did you come across a common argument? Well, I don't know about a common. I would say um, the, uh, there's a big gender gap here in the way people uh, accept uh, and or reject this. Some people do accept and then, uh, or reject, and then after a little while thinking about it, begin to accept that the, uh, the female tends to be uh, more threatened by this idea or feel more threatened by this idea. So uh, they are saying it just plain crazy. Uh, 
the um, the woman thinking still further on it, saying it's not quite so crazy, but what do we do if uh, uh, to raise the children? That's the bottom line thing between men and women. What happens if the idea of family is shown to be uh, incorrect or mistaken our evolution, uh, what I call sometimes, to use a biblical term, the original mistake, that we, what are we to do, how are we going to, quote, raise children, unquote. And uh, that, if I would like to address, how do we raise children? One, we don't raise children. We raise beans. We rear horses. Children are not meant to be raised. Human animals are not meant to be raised. Humans have the capacity to understand how things are going on all levels of the cosmos. And how things are going on all levels of the cosmos is in accordance with a logarithmic spiraling, which shows up in the galaxy, the solar system, the planet. And, and at CITR here, there's a logarithmic spiraling on the door, you say, of CITR. There is, there is. Why not? There were, uh, it's been, the logarithmic spiral has been uh, uh, getting more and more and more show. Uh, we at CITR room 233, you said it was, or 231, that was of some significance? Oh, the 231 is just, all it is is 3 times 77, as in Henry 77. And as it turns out, it also is the, the Dewey Library Code for God in the Christian sense. It also happens to be, uh, by some little coincidence, quote-unquote coincidence, uh, the uh, highest uh, measured speed of wind, mechanically measured speed of a wind, is 231 miles per hour in Mount Washington, as it turns out, uh, not far from where I sometimes hang out in uh, New Hampshire. 231 miles an hour, three times 77. Swiftest wind, also Dewey Decimal Code for God and on your door with the spiral on it. What are we going to do? The spiral shows up all over the place. Industry is picking it up. It's a logo for dozens of different companies. It's the natural shape, but more important is the natural way of relating. It's the way things are relating on all levels of the cosmos, from the galaxy down to the DNA. The DNA spiral doesn't spread out as like a logarithmic spiral does because it's a double helix but it shows itself up in twisting and turning and starting over every ten and a half pairs ten and a half pairs this makes 21 units the DNA turns and starts again every 21 units 21 is a Fibonacci number Fibonacci relationship is the one that makes the logarithmic spiral okay basically you're here in Vancouver. Has anybody? How how would people get in contact with you? Have you got many? You've got a, you've got Xeroxes here. Do you have funding for your thing? You've been working 17 years. Do you have followers. Wonderful. Like, are you a demigog, in other words? Oh, shoo! Heck, heck no! I have no followers. <laughs> you have I, no followers, and yet you're trying to. Uh, I, I hope I have no followers. You hope you have no followers. I don't want any followers because if any follower is going to be around me too much, and I'm going to be around it too much, he or she, and familiarity is going to do its thing. And even if I was a god, like say Maya Baba was considered a god man by many thousands of followers, and Maya Baba is quoted as having said, "It looks like familiarity has made you forget that I am God." 
So familiarity do the thing. I don't want to follow. What I want is disseminate. Is I want people to understand this. I want them to disseminate it, but not necessarily. If they understand it, they're going to feel real good about themselves. They're going to love themselves like they're supposed to love themselves. Understand the connectedness of everything in the cosmos. So, and when they love themselves like they're supposed to, when they love their neighbor as they love themselves, they're going, we're going to have this beautiful spiritual feeling that is it and you in the middle of the spiral, spirit, you all, spiritual feeling which is going to make you feel as close to G-O-D as we're supposed to feel. You're in Vancouver. Can people... So you don't want to meet anybody in Vancouver? Well, I'd be very happy to meet a group of people. Like phone callers right now? Phone if you callers? Phone I would really love to hear anybody's question or anybody's comment on this because I have... Uh, would like to have an opportunity to smooth out any rough edges that I'm stirring up and uh, or to... Uh, uh, accept uh, people's thanks for bringing them this Christmas message. Okay, it seems to me we do have a phone caller indeed. Um, perhaps while I'm putting him on the air, you can um, start regurgitating some more of your doctrine, if that is a proper way of addressing this. I think regurgitating is a very beautiful way of doing it. Okay, keep, you just keep going. Uh, when the caller's not on... No, no, hold on, hold on. Hello? No, hey, Henry, no, this regurgitates some information <laughs> while I put this caller on the air. Okay. To say some <laughs> blind facts or uh, something. I don't know. I just heard somebody say, I thought I heard someone say Nautilus. So this is one of the ways the, uh, uh, the spiral shows up in the Nautilus seashell. But, but a more important way that the spiral shows up is in the sunflower. The seeds in the sunflower pod are arranged in ex exactly the spiral down to four decimal places. And... Uh, the number of seeds in a sunflower pod are Fibonacci numbers of seeds. The smallest pod has 34 seeds in one spiral and 55 in the longer spiral. And uh, the largest pod goes up to 144 seeds by 233 seeds the other way. Okay, we got a phone caller now. Sorry to interrupt you. Good. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, this is Mike Reno from Warmer Boy. I'm in a band locally. Mr. 77, can I talk to you? Please can I ask do. you a question? Go ahead. Okay. You said you've been touring for 17, 18 years to various college, university stations, etc. Do you ever find that perhaps you are yourself becoming a victim of... Uh, good question, of, good question. Uh, redundancy and <laughs> no. uh, familiarity? Uh, that's a real good question. If I was not receiving new evidence wherever I was going, fresh new things to think about myself and actually to, to, to speak of. Actually, some of the very old things I'm not talking about anymore to anybody. Some very beautiful ideas then, I'm not using them anymore because I uh, overindulged uh, in them myself. And I became, as you say, a victim of what I'm trying to express. Uh, I am not, certainly not, uh, regardless of how much you know about this, is not make it make you impervious to it. I met up with a, a, a sculpture student who made FBC sculptures, familiarity breeding contempt sculptures. Uh, uh, she had, uh, and she uh, uh, she understood this very beautifully, and I understood it very beautifully. And this uh, her making her catching it onto it so soon was very beautiful. It cemented our relationship. It kept us together for much 
too long. And we suffered from that familiarity and had what we call the, the disease part of the message. Family being a disease because the familiarity that we have with each other just got into this miserable situation where uh, uh, I was given a, a blow to the eye by this beautiful <laughs> young woman uh, because of it. The only time I've ever been struck in my life was by this wonderful young woman after X number of months together. You're getting lots of new evidence now. What sort of evidence is this? Oh, would you like some new evidence? Like right on your, uh, in front of your psychology building, for instance, there's a totem pole. Uh, as it turns out, this was one of the two ideas that the sculptor student had in mind. Now, this was like in 1970... Caller, did you just hang up? No, I'm still here. Good. 19, hey. 1976, she had this idea. She had two, two ideas for sculptures. One was... Uh, uh, ca uh, iron bars, narrow iron bars that made a sort of a cage. And inside the cage, she had these very soft things, two representing parents and four representing children, uh, showing the nuclear family encased in this prison. And uh, it showed uh, other things having to do with uh, pregnancy and a snake. It was very impressive. It got her nine credits in A. <laughs> and uh, This is real evidence here at the University of British Columbia. At, at the University of British Columbia, uh, UBC, uh, and VBC, I'll talk to you about FBC, totem pole in front of the psychology building. Okay, so people can touch this and feel enlightened? Well, they should, and look at the... Uh, the indication is alongside, they should have, they don't have to touch it. They have to look at it and understand what is behind the message, which is not completely shown on the tablet alongside the totem. There's, um, there's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, I guess, caller, any other questions? Yeah, a couple more, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay, I was wondering, Mr. 77, if, if there was, if, because CITR is a, a music radio station, I was wondering, um, what would be the ideal form of music, in your opinion, as as someone who is uh, obviously anti-family, um, fa anti-familiarity? Is there a specific type of music that you feel yes. reflects yes. exactly your feelings? Yes. And also, Always. Uh, I guess, what type of government would you also be supportive of? And what government supports your theory? And that's the only two questions I have. Thank you. Very good questions. One. How about some psychedelic music? Well, uh, well, number one, I would say, if I had to answer that question with one kind of music, I would say new music, because that's all we're looking for is new music. There's a point in whatever kind of music you like when you're going to get T-I-R-E-D of it, whatever. Uh, we're going, you're going to keep it, uh, say, uh, the Rolling Stones will try to keep it alive is so they can keep those, those, those uh, millions coming in. Uh, but they, uh, are, they themselves, they're, they're probably the only group that's held on to each other. Uh, Frank Zapper said the mothers of invention stayed together as long until they hated each other's guts, you know, until familiarity hit the fan, so to speak. And uh, uh, all of the groups are, are breaking up, even with their great music background. You can listen to the greatest classical music, for instance, for X number of times. Someone made the point that the well-tempered clavier by Johann Sebastian Bach, the familiarity doesn't breed contempt, which he admits after he uh, was asked, well, how many times have you listed con consecutively, say, to the first seven, se uh, seven uh, parts, seven preludes and fugues? 
the, the actually this relationship shows up very much. The Fibonacci relationship shows up in music. The numbers show up in music. The chord is made up of 13 keys, a Fibonacci number, eight white, Fibonacci number, five black, Fibonacci number, two black and three black, Fibonacci numbers. Uh, if Fibonacci music was played on a violin opening an art exhibit in the Guggenheim Museum just last month, and uh, uh, the relationship is, is noted to be in music and uh, by Johann Sebastian Bach, at least as far back, and also as far back as Pythagoras, because the relationship, the 61.8%, which is what makes the this spiral open up this peculiar way, it opens up 61.8% per turn, gets big fast. Okay, I guess we're running sort of out of, out of time here. Um, government, government, best kind of government. Yeah, best kind of government. Like Thomas Jefferson, the best kind of government is the least. The least government. Now, have you ever encountered any CIA subversion, like in Kennedy assassinations or anything like that, that have been trying, like, to, trying to knock you down? They don't. They're not. They're not. Uh, actually, I've given the message to the CIA almost, almost directly to them, and I know they they know about me because they are. Uh, uh, I was involved. Uh, they knew about me before. Before I dropped out, I was a certified public accountant. Some of my some of my clients were on uh, under government surveillance. And, uh, Who are some of your clients? Can you disclose this information? Well, no, I don't think I'd want to. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to. But uh, uh, some of the clients, I, I did have some very heavy-duty clients who I don't think were under surveillance, who might have been, but maybe should have been. Like, for instance, Barbara Walters, who's right out there, and Mike Wallace, who's right out there, uh, you know, in communication. Uh, Tennessee Williams and James Michener, Sher. Klaus Oldenburg. Cher? Sure, yeah, he used to do her taxi turn when she was with Sonny. Yeah. He used to prepare her taxi turn with. Uh, Have you uh, met any of these people later and try to get them to campaign for you? Like, hey. Like Bob Hope, or what's that guy on uh, Price is Right? He, he doesn't let his hair go gray or whatever because his animal rights. Do you get, like, Cher come out and do a duet with you or something? Whoo. Hey, Nardwark, you son of a gun. You're giving me an idea. Uh, I have gotten to some uh, uh, some of the, some people, not my clients actually, because they wouldn't think of going. Well, actually, sure, I, I don't. Uh, we never met her, and I did her tax return, but I never met her. And uh, I'm uh, I, I don't. Uh, I did try to get to Barbara Walters way back, but it didn't work. So I've given the message to people who are in communication. So basically, the root of what you're saying is family. Cross that out completely. Family, household, servants, friends, love. Cross it out and replace family with doom. That's what family, familiarity, breeds contempt. That's it, it do. What, we, what I'm saying basically is that what we have to do is strive for maximum exposure and minimum superposition because that is what's happening on all levels of the cosmos from the galaxy down to the DNA by virtue of this kind of relationships that they're trying. They're gauging the interaction of the components of system to have a symmetrical interaction. In this spiral is the most symmetrical you can get. Are you feeling you're doing well with this? How are you feel with this? Like you've been on 17 years. I, I, mean, I, I don't I see on Oprah Winfrey or, you know, or Donahue or something yet. Are you going to be on there? Well, I don't, I don't expect I mean, so. I don't expect so, really. But I think it would be great. Actually, I have an idea. Hey, if you're on Donahue or Oprah, can you say Nardwar to Human Serviette? 
Would you would you say my name on a, on a TV? If, yeah, if you uh, definitely, I, I'll tell you what. You have to write it down so I remember it, <laughs> because it's not the kind of name. It's harder to remember than Henry Seventy Seven. Uh, it's more interesting actually because it's unfamiliar, right? And uh, I would certainly mention your name on any of those programs. But if you got to know me, you'd probably want to hit me anyway. So, but well, we're still looking for phone calls here. If anybody wants to ask any more questions, so you're in Vancouver for a bit more long. You can answer their, if they want to ask questions right now. They can to you. Is there anywhere in Vancouver you can be having a seminar anywhere, or where are you where are you going from now? What's your next? Like you leave CITR now, what's going to happen? At the CITR, I'm just going to look uh, look over the town a little bit. Uh, I've uh, I've done uh, what I call uh, a scrambling through uh, uh, the university here. I've left uh, little flyers around and spoken to maybe a dozen professors, seeding uh, uh, the area, so to speak, with the idea. I'm not so sure. You know, getting on Oprah, Winty, uh, Phil Donahue, and I wouldn't want to go on any one of those programs. This idea is so great. Uh, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, fan fantabulous communication, what I would like to have is maybe uh, seven of these people coming together. This is so important, so basic, so beautiful, so simple, that what we need is like all these people. It has to be on international uh, satellite. You could have maybe 14 well-known interviewers all over the world, uh, uh, you know, tied in with conference television, asking uh, Henry 77. So the whole world... Uh, you want seven people right now to come rushing to CITR? seven well-known people in communication who get this out there and have uh, eventually I'll have a book maybe I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing it I think maybe all I have to be doing is what I've been doing uh, it's been very uh, coincidence uh, formed the uh, uh, what, what keeps me going is that coincides sort of like uh, let me read you a little something it just came to me a couple of days ago Buoyed along by bubbles of synchronicity, growing bigger, growing smaller, bursting into others, meshing one into many, many into one, ever evidencing the essence, the essence, the high and lowness, the circular and linearness the spiral of it and you. That was a poem by Henry 77? No, it was a poem through Henry 77. Everything that has come, uh, that, that I put down, has sort of just flowed through. The, it didn't seem to mean that I was thinking about anything. The words were just pour out, would come together almost randomly, but make what some people think a poetry, you might call it. But what I'm looking for is for people to understand that loving your neighbor as yourself, what, what, what's behind it? What's behind that meaning? You're not going to love yourself. You can, won't be able to ever love yourself enough unless you recognize the connectedness of everything. Is there a slogan that says, love is hate, war is peace? Is there? That is probably someone toying with this idea because there's a very important way that this is said. And I'm glad you said that because this is a, that's a very good indication of how this is said. A woman put it this way. Familiarity is a magician that is kind to the ugly and cruel to the beautiful.
which is to say, after X number of years of war, it'll be just the same feeling as peace. And after X number of weeks or months in so-called love, what you'll have is it passing away and and if you keep on holding on to it as it's passed away hatred or you're going because you're going to be feel feel in yourself because truth begets hatred you're going to be feeling in yourself in truth i'm hanging on to something that no longer exists love in the sense of the one-to-oneness of one individual to another is an illusion that lasts X period of time and familiarity is that which dispels that illusion and then we must know before that time comes to let go and move on children infirmed individuals that is infants as well as other older infirm individuals will be have the care and attention from strangers because people in true need have no fear of having those needs fulfilled by strangers just as much perhaps more than the average family member okay um henry the 77 we have a phone caller caller are you there hi hi mr 77 go ahead would you mind if i asked you a question not at all okay um just what you're saying with uh you're talking about how uh, after a certain time relationships seem to lose their novelty and and wear out and what have you um could that be applied to the argument um an issue which which all, which always seems to be um well i guess a, a popular issue on campuses is um uh pro uh, uh not the pro um freedom of speech i guess and um, something like uh, anti-pornography groups. And, um, and, and an issue that has been raised has been that people who are exposed to pornography um, basically cannot, like a drug, okay, and alcohol, cannot, after they've been um, exposed to a certain um, experience, I guess, need, need more, like crack or, or, or you know, heroin yeah. or... Um, I think I see where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, maybe, maybe the uh, example with pornography wasn't all that clear, but uh, certainly with drugs and alcohol. Question. Um, no and question. And that, that is basically what you're saying as well, correct? No, no question. It actually, it's, it's, it has to do with everything. Uh, uh, it could be dealt with pornography. You should do uh, Henry uh, L. Mencken's book on pornography, if you're interested in that. Uh, that there is a, uh, uh, it, there's its tendency, or all of these things, are coping devices. We are coping with the contempt that familiarity is bred, and we have to go out to find something stranger, stranger, stranger. Pornography, harder and harder and harder pornography, and still harder pornography, down to, you know, slashing blood and all that. But you can't get off until you kill that much pornography. That is there's just the steps that are taken, uh, which are in effect like the same as ODing, that you can't get enough pot, or you can't get enough... Uh, 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 heroin, you can't get enough, enough, enough. You switch over. You can't get the, enough out of any guru, so you hop from one guru to another. Same thing. Familiarity does its thing, and you move on. All of these are different coping devices used to cope 
with what familiarity does. Many of them, I suspect almost all of them, are deleterious. They, they, they hurt you in one way or the other. The major reason they hurt you is that they are superposing on you. You're supposed to be going, everything's going for minimum superposing. When you start, addiction is the epitome of superposition. The addiction is controlling you. And this is any addiction to pornography, sex, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, whatever. The household drugs, the recreational drugs, even the, you know, uh, jogging, for instance, is a fairly non-deleterious way of getting a high. But you have to watch out. People are dying while they're jogging. And there, uh, there's a school of thought saying it's a, it's a waste of time because you can do everything you have to do in, in 11 minutes. You do a particular kind of calisthenics that you build up to a, a, a kind of athletic, athletic prowess and uh, conditioning, which does just as much as uh, an hour of uh, jogging, 11 minutes a day. Uh, so uh, there's different schools there. When you start going more and more and more into your jogging and you make it your life, then uh, the jogging is taking over. It's taking too much of your life away. And you're not spending enough time getting familiar with other things because you, because you, can, you have enough to phrase a question as you did, most definitely have the capacity to be familiar with everything in the cosmos. Everything, familiarity, knowledge, complete knowledge of anything, no one will ever have. But a familiarity with everything there is in the cosmos, everyone could have. That is why when we set or place ourselves down in a house, which makes the etymology of the word family end with the word doom, in Webster's New World Dictionary, pre-second college edition, the etymology of the word family ends with doom because it comes from the idea of setting or placing yourself down. Superposing is laying or placing on. Minimum superposing is what's happening in the spiral systems which are occurring on all levels of the cosmos. So, caller, are you still there? Caller is listening, I hope. Well, I guess caller, caller is listening. I hope. What, what can people do, Henry? Well, first of all, this one goes, are the Illuminati, are they good or bad guys? I, I don't know. They're in, they're in with, to the number 23, which is a heavy-duty number, uh, at, which is the difference between uh, 177. And 23 is also the number of American presidents that have been Illuminati. Well, really? <laughs> No, I'm not sure. I just shot that out. Hard to believe that, but uh, not uh, not impossible. And uh, the uh, well, the Masons and uh, yeah, the Freemasons. Huh? What about the Freemasons? I, I, I think they all have been close to something like this idea. Pythagoras, I think, was very close to this idea. Uh, I, what about I, George Bush? George Bush, I don't think is close to many ideas at all. I don't think this one. Uh, what, what number is? William Vanderzam. Who, who? William Vanderzam. What number is he? I'm sorry, I, I don't have that at my fingertips. <laughs> if you want, I don't think we should take the time to, to work it out either. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not so sure that, that how the, the Pythagoras that everything is number. The relationship, actually more than a number, everything is in a certain kind of relationship. And relationships can be and are, say, this particular one, the logarithmic spiral, there's a definite number. It's one plus or minus the square root of five divided by two. Point 
618, it's what makes the golden rectangle, which what makes this golden spiral, which is what we see everywhere from the DNA up to the galaxy. So that number uh, that Pythagoras was involved in, uh, they were involved in something which they thought was very, very, very important and very, very deep. The Masons picked up a lot of it. And I've, I've spoken to theosophical groups who are into that kind of knowledge. Um, Henry, uh, sorry again. I, thank you for coming in on the Nardwara Human Serviette show today. I think you're going to be here later on in the station for more things. Um, if somebody was listening and said, "I don't understand any of this stuff," what did that jerk Nardwar push this Henry to seventy-seven on us for? We do not understand this. We don't dig this scene. But what can people do if if they're thinking? That, what should people do after they're listening to? If they've just what, heard what you've said, what should they what should they do after listening to you? Is there anything they should do? Yeah, they should they, they should they perhaps vomitizing is do have a mean like um, three times like nine, which is three sets of three. Is there any specific things they should do? No. Well, they could do it. They should. Uh, they might uh, sit down and try to do a golden rectangle, <laughs> which is a side of sixty-two percent of the base, and they make a square and they leave them with a golden rectangle, and make another square which will leave them with a golden rectangle, and then join the same points. And when they make, when they can't make any more squares in that square and they'll get the spiral and then uh, they'll think about maximum exposure minimum superposition and understand why they sort of are not really making out that well with the people in the room that they're sitting with that they've been knowing too long go over and give them a give them a hug and talk about familiarity breeding contempt and recognizing and say hey when the time comes for us to separate then we should know we should do it out of love, not because we've gotten tired of each other. We should do it before we've gotten uh, fam familiarity has done its thing, and we should move on, let go, and get a beautiful relationship with someone else, someone out there, and then still someone else, and still other things, and still other places, until you get to understand how the, everything is all connected. And then uh, you'll start loving yourself a little more, and you won't need the crack, and you won't need uh, to abuse yourself anyway. What or is, anything around you. What is some... Is anything else you'd like to add to that, just quickly? Well, to have a real, 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 real happy ni 1990s, <laughs> if you work on this idea and let people know about it, you'll be doing yourself and everybody, <laughs> everybody, a uh, very, very beautiful thing and making a wonderful gift to mean everything to them and the people around them if they understand it and accept it with the love which I am bestowing it. Thank you, Henry 77. Yeah. 
Have you got me on, Mark? What trip are we on here? On you might just say we're going to be serving up a slice of cherry pie today on the Nawa the Human I Trivia. I can't believe it. What? You got me excited. First to interview Slick Toxic, then Skid Row, then Cinderella, and now Warrant today on the Nawa the Human Trivia radio show. I, what is going on here, Mark? What about these bus? I know you have an indie rock heart and a cock rock geek, but come on, Warrant. Why are we going to be speaking to Warrant? Why? Why? I have one word for that answer. Cherry pie. No, it's two. In. I have one. No, I like the word cherry pie. Phobic. The new album on CMC Records, absolutely. Smoked. We gotta pump the new record. We gotta pump the new warrant today. We're gonna pump the new warrant record today. We're gonna get an interview with Janie Lane. Jane, what's this guy? Janie Lane. Yes, 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 yeah. No, oh yeah. Janie Lane of Warrant coming up right now on a Nardwater Humans Radio Show right after some cherry pie. Give it to the mark.
Jeannie Lane of Warrant on an, art, on an artwork human serviette radio show here today. And, and I am at that. And who else is in Warrant these days, Jeannie? Well, we still have original members, Eric Turner and Jerry Dixon. And uh, join us actually on this tour, uh, Bobby Borg. Uh, we had actually James Kotick had to go back to L.A., the drummer who did the album, uh, just on some personal family business and stuff. So Bobby Borg is a friend of ours actually from Left for Dead, been opening on the whole tour, uh, is out with us right now and filling in finely. And of course, Rick uh, Starr from uh, formerly with Kingdom Come, who also did the album, is out with us playing guitar. And uh, David White, who's been actually a keyboardist with us for the last few years. Where exactly are you now, and will the t tour be heading into Canada? You know, uh, right now we're in Louisville, Kentucky, but uh, not really sure. We, we've got about another month worth of dates on uh, this leg. We're uh, going through the south in uh, Texas uh, and are making our way back to do some uh, shows out in L.A. Um, but nothing planned for that far north. North, but as far as we're getting, it's going to be Reno, Nevada. Where were you, Jeannie, when you first heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? <laughs> On a car driving down uh, Melrose uh, Boulevard. Yeah, you've, you've obviously done your homework. Yeah. What happened? Were you kind of Green Day with envy there, Jeannie Lane of Warrant? <laughs> oh, another one that's going to get into the alternative talk here. Well, no, not really. Um, uh, no, it's. Um, I think just like what I've said, you know, music takes uh, takes uh, changes over over the years, and uh, you know that when I first heard that, it was uh, uh, just something where you could, like, like you just say, you can smell, uh, you know, the change in the air there. But I think it's rubbed off fabulously on uh, Ultraphobic. I think um, it's really a, a strong reaction. It's not just a reaction, but a statement. Because, um, like, Undertow and all the cuts on there, we've just been playing them to death here. We have them oh, right. Oh, great. This is my co-host, Mark, here. He's in a band, too, called the Sister Lovers. They have a big, big star influence. Yeah, but we're, we love this stuff. And um, I, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it rocks hard. Rocks oh, true. thank you very much. That's what I was curious about, Jeannie. Why would you guys get dropped? And it was by letter. Didn't you guys get get dropped by letter? Well, you know, I get to the controversial subjects there, but actually... Because uh, you had sold, fi like to me, like you guys had sold only 500,000 copies of your latest of that, that record. That's a lot of records. Yeah, well, actually what had really happened was, um, you know, we'd gotten advances going for the next album, and I was just going through some personal things, and I, and I, I actually left the band. And uh, when that happened, I think... Uh, the label, uh, it's, it's, I've got people laughing at, at, from the band here or whatever, but it just, uh, I left the band for some, uh, some time, and I think when that happened, it was uh, uh, just at the label, you know, at the label, the fact that the singer was leaving, they, uh, they also lost their interest in, uh, in, in the band. But, I mean, CMC's picked up the ball, and, uh, you know, they, they, they're totally behind us, and uh, 
um, whether it was by letter, by you know, by lawyer, by whatever, we're no longer with with uh, Columbia. But uh, like I said, CMC's come in there, and I know they're totally behind us. Do you still have a solo deal with Columbia? Um, actually, after this tour is done, I'm going to start writing. Um, could be mostly acoustic um, a solo album, and then I'll be shopping it. Um, not necessarily it'll go there. It could go to, to, who knows, Warner Brothers or even to CMC. I keep seeing all these photos, Janie, a metal edge of you with an acoustic guitar, but I, I don't know if they're from this tour. Um, I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the set list for those who won't be able to see the tour here in Canada? Like, how do you divvy it up between, because you now have four albums and you have, like, a, yeah. a dearth of unreleased material, and we will rock you from the Gladiator soundtrack. I mean, <laughs> how does this all divide like, how do you decide? Uh, do you have the same set every night? or? Well, basically we do, but um, you just kind of summed it all up right there. I mean, we cover all the bases. We're, you know, we're playing a lot of the new stuff, actually a lot more lately. Um, we've get, been picking up a lot of radio down here in the States, and... Uh, uh, but we try to cover all the, you know, all the bases. We're playing everything that everyone wants to hear from Heaven to, to uh, I Saw Red to, you know, the material from the new album. Mm -hmm. I'm doing acoustic uh, version of Stronger now. Mm. But, uh, in fact, we do. We will rock you. It's all part of the set, man. We try to cover everything. Um Every, everything that everyone comes down to see. So, looking back at like what happened with Warrant, did you have any problems with before, just before you left the band? Because Slash recently said in Rolling Stone, everyone has good rock stories except Warrant. Uh, well, I think that's just everyone likes to be controversial. But no, 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 there, nothing with the band. It was just more, more, more myself, not, not the band. How about MTV? Have they played any videos off Ultraphobic? Uh, no, in fact, we just made one for Stronger now, and, and uh, we're actually going to go to VH1 with it. I mean, Canada's a whole different scene up there. I mean, I think w we stand a better chance up there uh, in terms of the video. Right now, MTV wouldn't give us, uh, the, you know, the time of day. At one time, though, they played your videos all the time, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But right now, they're playing Green Day, and, you know, you know they're... And you're they're Green Day that. with Envy, right? Green Day with Envy, yeah. Why did they call the Dog Eat Dog Tour the flop of the year? Why did they do that? Uh, Oh, why? <laughs> oh, you really are. Uh, well, um, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe because maybe because it was the time that we went out was a, obviously there was a big change in the market. Um, you saw it with a lot of bands. Only we were coming off a brand new release, and when we were starting the Dog Eat Dog tour, uh, touring was in a big decline. And we were, uh, you know, we were some of the big boys there, like like a Motley Crue, like a um, like a White Snake, like any of those bands. But if you notice, they weren't going out with new albums right then. We were. You notice now Motley Crue isn't. Uh, you know, they aren't. You know, playing the larger venues. Hopefully, they'll go back to that. You know, that's what I want to see. But mm. how did you meet up with CMC International? Who exactly runs it? Uh, Tom Lipsky, a fine man he is, and he uh, he runs CMC. And uh, basically, uh, what's his background? Uh, now, well, Tom has worked with uh, basically CMC is a, a German-based label. Um, who now have American distribution. Oh, that's why you got offices in Switzerland and stuff. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, they, um, they're rather, like I said, rather large over in, in Europe, and they're pretty diversified uh, on some of the things. Obviously, people know what they are for, uh, for hard rock music now. But um, Tom basically knows uh, our manager, Avi Steinman, and Avi and him had been talking, and Tom was very interested in doing a... Uh, uh, a warrant album, and it was just you know negotiations, and uh, you know. Is there much of a difference between CMC and Columbia Genie Lane uh, of Warrant? Oh yes, yes, yeah, very much so. I mean, there's there's a whole 
you know, promotional staff. Uh, CMC is a much smaller label. They are using independents. We do use concrete marketing out of New York. But... Uh, because um, it says in your bio that Jerry flies back and forth to see his kids after gigs. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not, not all the time, no. But on days off, we have, you know, we have like, you know, family week or whatever. If we've got two or three days off during a leg, um, definitely his wife and uh, kids come out. You, 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 you reunited with Bo Hill for the Ultraphobic record. Do you think you see yourself reuniting with The Wag at all for your sophomore CMC release? Um... Uh, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Not that, that you know, Michael Wagner is a fine producer, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's in the cards. Mark, you have something to say. I was just going to ask you, uh, Jeannie, I, I was reading in the trades recently, and I thought this kind of echoed your move. You moved from L.A. to uh, Florida recently. Yeah. And um, I noticed that Brett, Brett Michaels just moved to Nashville. So, yeah. And, and how, how does that work with the band? I mean, you're so far away. Like, I mean, I guess you guys go on hiatuses, right, and then you come back. Exactly. Into... Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and if you know what I mean, like the world is getting to be a smaller and smaller place year by year. And I think uh, just with modern technology, that's it's really it really doesn't matter that, you know, you can have you know four band members and they live in you know opposite ends of the uh, uh, the country. It's it's between phone, fax, sending tapes, you know, uh, flights. It's it's not really that hard to do these days. Mm-hmm. If things got bad, do you think? And um, you know, CMC didn't quite work out. Do you think you'd go back to school like Joey Allen? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I've got you know, you know, I, I live in Florida and, and I own a club called Sunset Strip down there in Orlando. It's doing great. So I'm, you know, everyone diversifies differently. I've got a business that I'm doing. Doesn't Rowan have a store too, or is she opening a shop? Uh, yeah, that's still kind of, you know, still kind of in the in the the process. She's, uh, you know, she models. She does movie parts. Um, you know things like that, but there, there's she's looking at a couple different things. Like well, that. let's talk about the club for a second. I mean, you've had some exciting bands. I guess you had one of the last Bullet Boys Boys tours with the original members there. Yeah, no, um, but they uh, uh, they're still out touring, as far as I know. With, I mean, not with the original guys. W- without, so. yeah, there's two guys that have been been replaced. Yeah. Yeah. How about Enough's Enough? I heard that they now cover, believe it or not, in their live set, they cover April twenty thirty one. I didn't know anything about that. That's that's cool. Have you had any contact with Enough Snuff because they've been doing that ode to you, Janie and Warrant? Have, you, have they been through your club at all? <laughs> um, no, not recently. No, no. At the top of this interview, and we're speaking here to Janie Lane of the rock and roll band Warrant, live from... Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. You kind of, I said, you kind of said, oh, you're going to get into an alternative thing. Well, not really, but I was kind of wondering, though, was Foundations Forum 1991, you know, the beginning of things changing? Well, that I, was I mean, a big metal conference in L.A. There, there was. I mean, but now that's that's what I was getting into, and I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of different factions in this. There's MTV, there's radio, there's touring. A lot of different things have had the downfall to me of, of hard rock music, and and. Um, uh, like, I don't understand. Why would somebody like Danger Danger get a new singer and a new look? <laughs> like, the new singer actually for well, Danger Danger is from, is from Vancouver, Paul Cooper. Lane. Yeah, that's what I heard. They spent a lot of time up there, I heard, recording this album. I, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, there, there's a few bands. There's bands to me, like uh, another band that, that had done a new album, you know, this just came out, was uh, Wild Side, and sound nothing like their last album. Nothing. I mean, they've they've gone basically to me. They 
kind of re-recorded uh, uh, the last Alice in Chains or one before that, Dirt. And otherwise, you know, I, I see bands doing that. They're trying to compromise to me what uh, what they do best. If you write, you know, you do something, you know, uh, do something well, why bother changing it? Well, I, I thought it was pretty cool, and I read a recent, I think, Gunnar Nelson, it was the other one, Matthew, is it? Mm-hmm. He was saying that uh, Because They Can was uh, sort of a, a nod, the cover to Dog Eat Dog. He mentioned that in a in a trades interview <laughs> which was I don't know if he was I think it was one of the best albums we ever did I, I, I really do I agree do you think touring with Danger Danger was easier than touring with Poison touring with Danger Danger easier than than touring with uh, Poison no it's uh, uh, I different. mean it's like two different two different animals right there touring with Poison was on, on a you know huge huge uh, uh scale there but it's nice uh, at that point there's a lot of politics that go on with Danger Danger that's it was more of our ball game so I see how that you could say yeah that would be a little bit easier but we're you know friends with both bands have you made peace with uh, CC and the boys <laughs> yeah for the most part a lot of that stuff is all you know kind of hyped out in magazines and everything else too Metal Edge really is a great mag though isn't it of course oh, t- Jerry Miller is a huge fan of ours backs us, you know, 100%, so I, I would most definitely say... She'll never let Hard Rock die, will she? No, she will not. No, she will not. Unlike some other mags, we could... Uh... Yeah, you could bash, yeah. <laughs> what about Slaughter? They claim that Donna St- Dana Strum <laughs> has asserted that his new record has sold, like, 500,000 to 600,000 copies of a new album, Fear No Evil. How are your sales doing, and do you believe that? Um, I don't believe... I don't really believe that, um... You know, I, I could I could hear Don Dockin saying, "Oh, we you know we sold 120,000 units." And to be honest, that's a good figure. It's called getting back in the game of things. I don't know whether you know, you know whether Dane is trying to hype things, which is cool. Then you know, then that's that's his own thing. But uh, uh, here they've been brisk. They've been they've been picking up and they're selling steadily. Um, we're not into the you know three or four million units you know per album like we've had in the past or even 500,000 but they're they're selling steadily um Hollywood so far so good kind of has a Jane's Addiction kind of vibe going for it <laughs> what do you think of that um I, to be honest with you I haven't really heard the album that much but a lot of Beatlesque references, though. That seems to be the new word, the new catchphrase. Well, the yeah, that's getting back to the... Ba- I mean, you know, if you take a look, everything's like a cycle. And uh, I think uh, I, I think that's that's a good thing. I mean, that's getting back to the basics. I, you know, we have definitely have, have got some influences like that on our album. Let 
tongue-in-cheek, you know, sex shit been thrown out the window, as you alluded to in the Cherry Pie oh, video? Um, like, are you still the horniest band in rock and roll? Oh, st- oh st- beers and... T- uh, I don't know if I can say that every night. No, go ahead. Uh, you can say that. What were you going to say? Beers every night. It's, you know, it's a rock and roll. It's a party. Ow! So you still got those t-shirts, Muff Divers, Union Local 101? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we've kind of calmed down a little bit in terms of the, uh, the merchandise. What do the new there. shirts look like? Is it... What do the new shirts look like? They're they're black. They've uh, we've got a black and a white shirt out with us. Actually, the the gray one's pretty bad seller because uh, we've got warrant down the sleeve and it's on the back. It says ultra fucking phobic <laughs> and uh, huge letters. And people seem to just eat that one up. So fans of Warrant will be happy to know the novelty of sex and money has not worn off. Oh, of for course Warrant. not. It'll never. It will never. It will never. 
is Warren still then a tour bus through an X-rated Disneyland? Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Perfect, perfect. It kind of has, you know, the whole, you know, rainbow uh, nightclub, uh, you know, banner right at the front door there. Oh, of course. Rainbow? Are you referring to the rainbow in L.A.? Oh, yeah. What, 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 is the cat club still going? What uh, no, no, no. no? He's, I, think, I think he's moved on to other... other uh, Timey? Yeah. <laughs> is, am I pronouncing it right? Tamey, I think. Uh, oh, it's not Timey uh, Down. No. It's Tamey. <laughs> I just read these. I, I never hear their names. I just read about them. You still got the choreographed moves on stage there, James? Oh, just to, nothing like that. I mean, it's gotten more, it's a little bit more open, a little bit more, uh, uh, more of the rougher, uh, kind of go for what you know type of a show now because i love those mic stands you had and they had like two mics on one stand that was excellent <laughs> well those are for the bigger shows but no 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 we, it's, it's but it was great seeing you moving there like paul revere and the raiders <laughs> are you playing guitar most of the time uh no only in a few songs you only in a few songs come out and do my acoustic stuff that everyone you know and and uh obviously for like uncle tom's cabin a friend of mine um, was said um, she was waiting for you. She, you know, because she said, you know, if Warren says they'll kick ass, they'll kick ass. You know, if you say you'll party, you'll party. She waited yeah. for you. Wasn't it, Mark? She waited for you. Canada's Wonderland was it? At Canada's, Canada's Wonderland, Wonderland, and you guys never came out. She was just uh, waiting, and you it's never... a rock and roll thing. You know, you gotta. It's going for the minute of it. You know, for the most part, we do. We do you remember playing? Show. Do you remember playing Canada's, Canada's Wonderland, Wonderland at all? No, it's it's it's. It's not, it's not drawing a, a scene to me, no. She said, and then you head over to New York to go to a strip bar or something Bars. like that instead. You know, that's always a possibility right there. But she was a bit disappointed. That, you know, she really wanted, actually she wanted to be here today to talk to you, but she was like waiting and waiting and waited there for a couple hours and, you know, the, the roadie came out and said, they're gone, sorry. That was after like a three-hour wait. Oh, I know a girl never... named Heather who parted with you at the Limelight recently and she, uh, she was saying that um, fans would pay $100 to get backstage to come up and uh, party. This is like last year, I think. Is that well, true? We, we played there. No, we played there just about two months ago. Uh, if, if it is, it's nothing we know about. And, you know, I mean, it, that's that's kind of ridiculous. They're like, not you hundred dollars for a ticket in Japan, but I can't see it. How's Japan know. going? You guys just played there. You're going back again? Um, there's idea. Yeah, they, they had plans. Um, it, it's not totally in in stone yet of of going over there and touring there with uh, Saigon Kick, which is another CMC act. Aren't they Aren't they going to be touring with Love Hate? Uh, I think in the States, I, I, I actually heard something about that. I, I know the bass player for Saigon, but I... You don't uh, know the Love Hate guys at all? Because there's I another don't. fabulous hard rock band. Oh, yeah, they are. Great band. Great yeah. band. But Who else has been touring with you? Like, who's been opening for you guys? Just local bands everywhere. Basically, just, just local local entertainment. Any ones that come to mind that you can... Uh, any ones that come to mind. That you would recommend? Like anybody you want to produce, any up-and-comers? You know what? I mainly, I never get a chance to see them. I'm usually asleep. I try to try to rest the voice every night so I can go out there and, you know, be... Uh, be you know, be, Janie be Lane. bigger than yeah. Be bigger than life every night. <laughs> Janie Lane, how is Becca Bramlett, your girlfriend before Bobby Brown? <laughs> Fine. What? Oh, the, the twenty questions and all the girlfriends. Well, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's all there in Metal Edge. You know, this, this was curious. It was an interesting picture of you and Becca together. I was wondering what she's up to these days. I'm not really sure. Not really sure. Do you think also it's kind of strange that your drummer is now marrying your ex-wife's former boyfriend's sister? <laughs> oh, 
Cheney of Warren. Does, does this add fuel to your ongoing battle with no. your emotions? No. Th- like, your drummer. It's oh, Explain to listeners. It's kind of a strange story, isn't it? Well, I, it's, it's just that it, it happens to be uh, someone's sister, and that's that's about it, really. But that person maybe you don't get along with that well. Oh, no. There's n- that has not, nothing that, to do with that. Like I said, some of that stuff just just comes up as a national inquiry. Well, how many divorces has the band gone through, Jeannie Lane of Warrant? Myself, just one. Just one? How about the rest of the band? Because there's all these metal-edge wedding pictures everywhere. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think it's been stretched. Just Jerry's the only one married. And he's still married. To Susan Anton, is it? From... Is this, am I getting the name right? Yeah, yeah. And she was in the Slaughter video, um, Wildlife? Or no, no, she was in the one, um, um, Help Me Out. Do you, do you know the one I mean? It's the one where they're all in that Hollywood club and they're, oh, the, they're dancing. Uh, uh, up All Night. No, it was later. It was the fifth single, I think. Anyways, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll work on my research here. Just <laughs> Jeannie, why did you let Stephen go? Why did Steven Sweet well, go? Steven, Steven to be didn't so... want to play drums anymore. Really? Because it, it seemed to be such tight. You know, you guys were all together. You were doing everything together. The band seemed to be great. And, and yeah, and I agree with you. But I, everybody grows, and sometimes people grow different ways. And, and he just decided he didn't want to be a, uh, a drummer anymore. He's working with his brother now. What exactly is he doing? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I... I'm not sure what they said. It, he was packing video boxes. Yeah, it's it, it has something to do with shipping, but I'm not really sure. Mm. That thing you had on Dirty Rotten, you know that 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 monster thing on the Dirty Mount, Rotten, that that big, you know that that English giant monster thing. Dirty Rotten Monster. Filthy stinking. The rich filthy thinking rich. Guido, was it his name? You know, that giant monster. The character. The, the character. character. Oh, I mean the video. Yeah, th- that giant gross guy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That was really almost pre-Beavis and Butthead. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I was yeah. thinking of, like, you know, all the, uh, the grunts and stuff like that. And, and I'm just thinking back, like, you know, you had all these hits. Those guys dropped you from a major label. And now you're working back on CMC's an independent, isn't it? Yeah, it's an independent label, yes. Like, it's a wild story. Do you have any advice for those, you know, up-and-coming new indie bands that think <laughs> they want to get signed to those major labels? Because you, you had pretty much, you know, the big major label push. And what do you, what do you got advice to those bands? All those, you know, all that new sound, all those bands that want to get signed, it's not really worth it, is it? Uh, well, it, it all depends on what, what angle you're coming at. Um, you know, uh, I mean, would you guys ever go punk? That's, I guess, what I'm asking. No, you know, actually, we were thinking about going glam, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> like, you'd never go punk? You know, like, you know, just, you know, punk it up just a no, tiny bit? No, why change? Why, you know, why, why try to fix something that's, that's already been fixed? Are you prouder, you think, acting alongside Jim Carrey than your contribution of We Will Rock You to the Gladiator soundtrack, which you alluded to earlier? Janie? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? No, I was just wondering about acting. You acted with Jim Carrey, and you also completed the Gladiator soundtrack. What do you like better, doing the soundtrack for Gladiator or the Jim Carrey? Yeah, my music music comes first. That That was my 15 minutes of fame.
Two movies, didn't you? Well, there was one that hasn't been released. Yeah, it'll probably come out as as a uh, video type right. type release. And that's it for your acting, you think, for now? Oh yeah, yeah. No unless I mean, unless theater up outrageous. Unless you get on like a ladder and girls start admiring yeah, your butt, uh, like Bon Jovi Park too, you know. <laughs> Are you gonna? Yeah, you gonna go for that Bon Jovi Park? You know, he's in that new movie coming up. Uh, no, I think I'll leave that to John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you thank Arsenio on Cherry Pie? Um, he's just an L.A. friend uh, where I used to work out in this gym. He, he also happened to uh, happened to be a member of that gym too, and uh, I've just kind of known him from uh, from that. And uh, did you ever go on the show at all? On Arsenio? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you done any TV shows recently? Anything recently? Nothing. Nothing. So no MTV play. No MTV play. It's all been regional, like uh, local. You know, local video access and. Um, you know, I know Japan. We've been on the, their their major, uh, you know, major networks for that, and same with Europe. What about airplay um, on on radios? What stations have been? Have there been stations? You know, there must be the same program directors that were there before playing Warren stuff. Uh, actually, actually, that's not true. There's a lot of different uh, program directors change, just like the seasons do. And, and we've had, you know, basically, I know today we just got a a new station just added us in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. We had just played through there, and we've been like their their battle at seven champs for the last five days, so they mm. just add us to their station for Stronger now. Because a lot of those wow. stations have demise, like that KNAC demise with KNAC. Yeah, that's that's where rock radio is in, in hell right now, is that there's so many of them finally are biting on to, like, the grunge and alternative 
that right. it's it's kind of a it's kind of a back wave um, where you know even like you see like a, a band like Doc who's making a comeback we're out there with a new album um, it's going to take you know take time for the the radio stations to catch back on but, but aren't you covering your bases like you're kind of doing like Vince Neil's like done a hip hop album but with Stronger now is the second is that the second single or is that the third it's actually the fourth we've had Family Picnic was the first Family Picnic and we've had Followed and Chameleon right and and basically now we're going with Stronger now is it is it showing up on like some MOR stations too is there going to be crossover effect it's, or? That's, it's all CHR that's even this, this station that just added us with another CHR station and we've got about 30 35 stations right now that are that it just added stronger now excellent at CHR you know, right it's, it's not really what you'd call you know an AOR an AOR song granted if it catches on there it'd be great yeah what type of crew are you traveling with Jeannie what kind of crew? Yeah. Oh, we've got we've got a, a basically. Now I don't want to say skeleton crew. We're not traveling with you know 82 people like we did with uh, Cherry Pie, but you know we've got a sound man, tour manager, you know three three stage techs. You know it's a one big happy family on the tour bus. Do you have any of the old stage sets still left, like in a locker somewhere? Um, actually, we sell most of that stuff off. So who so who did, who was using it? Do you know anybody that you sold it to? Uh, no, you know I. Well, you bought the W from White Snake, right? Snake, yeah. Now that stuff, a lot of that stuff comes like there's. Now we're going to talk technical about touring, like Tasco and LSD and some of the other staging companies that design these things for for companies. A lot of times they'll just be like, I'll tell you what, we can, you know, we'll take this off your hands and they'll, you know, solder this and solder that, and suddenly it's, you know, staging for, uh, you know, the next Motley Crue tour or the next, you know. You know, they're using it for something else or something else. What about your old merchandise? So you used to sell, like, I've, I've been dying because I, I got into this a little bit late in the last couple of years. I finally made up for lost time, and I'm looking at these cherry pie jackets, and I don't know what I can, where can I get? I don't get? even have one of those. Oh, man. I, I don't s- even have one of those. Oh. Well, now, we, we don't, we have a different merchandise company now, so basically we have nothing from the, you know, we're, we're not carrying anything from the cherry pie tour or anything like that. Well, where can listeners write for ultraphobic uh, tour paraphernalia? Is this through uh, Winterland or any of those? Winterland would be the one, and uh, for for us, it's it's out at the show. We, we're we still working on uh, trying to get, you know, uh, basically setting up a, a uh, uh, some, some sort of a uh, either a, a mail order. They could now, if they want to, they can get uh, information from the fan club. And uh, if you'd like, I can give you guys that yeah, information. Please. Yeah, please do. The Warrant Fan Club, Jeannie Lane. Okay, well, actually, can, I, can we go on? And what I'll do is I'll, I'll get that information and give it to you guys at the end. Okay, we'll do that. Excellent. Well, winding up here, I was also curious, what about back album sales? Uh, do you know how, like, Cherry Pie is doing? Like, it must be, it must be selling every year. Like, is it still on oh, Billboard? Yeah, you, still, you still get checks for it, definitely. Definitely get, it, it, it still sells, and although we're not on the, you know, the label anymore. But, yeah, quarterly, you always get statements on... on uh, it's still in the stores? and all that? You will still find it in the stores, yeah. You'll still find that, that, that uh, actually cherry pie and uh, uh, doggy dog in the stores. Not dirty rotten? Um, probably, probably through cutout. Through cutout? Will there be, um, there were, they didn't do a warrant greatest hits when you left? Or? No, no, no. I don't know if that, that'll ever be uh, anything hashed out that way either. Because Slaughter got kind of screwed by, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah with that greatest. This, you know, that was, that was as a more recent, you know, that's more of the, the uh, uh, basically their their next album was coming out while they still were just getting off of their their last album, yeah, their last was, deal. That was a cruel. What prompted you to put the German kind of beer drinking chant in Bitter Pills, Janie? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? What, 
what prompted you to put the German beer drinking chant? You know, the kind of chant in the middle of bitter pills? Um, it's, it just kind of went along there. You, can, you know, you can't really... You know, I could I could come up with a, you know eight different stories of why that that why that was that way, but it's wild. It's, it's great. It just kind of orchestrated. You know, it was kind of the 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 way I wrote the song. Was there a third single from Doggy Dog? Because that was the second, right? That After was Machine the second. Gun. No, there was. By that time, uh, like I said, I had left the band. It was really during the Doggy Dog tour that I left. You lost your voice on the East Coast or something, or was that just? Oh, I lose it. I lose it every couple days. What do you do, man? What do you do? What are your advice to singers on the road? Yeah, Janie Lane of Warren's tips to new singers. Okay, well, when it gets kind of hard, I mean, I, I could tell you some of the bad things I do to, okay. <laughs> to, to make it happen. Like, uh, after every show, though, good thing, gargle with hot water and salt. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's going to, that'll actually save it from any more, you know, if you've done any sort of damage that night. But, like, uh, if you're going on and you know you're hurting, you could take, like, a teaspoon of Robitussin. Cause it's actually got a, uh, a lubricant on it, and it, it'll coat your throat. I know a lot of people use different teas and everything else, but that's something that uh, I, I learned from a, an Englishman a few years ago, and it, it works pretty well. How about tips for getting backstage so that people don't have to pay $100 <laughs> to get backstage, Jamie uh, Lane of Warrant? That could get pretty X-rated. Well, uh, just, just for, you know, Canadian radio is different, so please, uh, feel free to elaborate. What are some good hints for getting backstage, Jamie? Oh, you know, get, getting to be real good friends with the road crew. <laughs> That'll always that'll always score extra points, and uh, you know, uh, you know, just uh, like what catches your eye? What, well, beautiful girls always catch my eye, so that's that's one one easy uh, solution to that. How about if you're a guy like myself and a big Warren fan <laughs> and not too beautiful and you want to well, get back there? That's just it. That's just you know that you know we have I a mean, part, tough luck we for have me. A part, we have a part in our show where I, where I go in the audience and uh, actually try to find someone to sing. And we'll do stuff like uh, Cat Scratch Fever or... Uh, we Will Rock You? Well, actually, we, could, we do that in our, our, our set, but we do Old Zeppelin, and, uh, and I'll find someone to sing. And if they sing well, I bring them up on stage. And usually those are always the big fans that, uh, that whenever I go out there that are diehard singers and they want to... You know, they they really are interested in meeting the band, and they're more you know more of the fan's sake than anything. So else. take your singing advice and then sing, and you'll get backstage. There what, you go. What there do you remember go. about Vancouver, Canada? Playing in Vancouver, you did play in Vancouver, Vancouver didn't you? Can, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, it's a great city. It's a beautiful city. Mountains in the background there. Uh, I remember, I remember some of the nightclubs there. It's just a great town, thriving, thriving what? with entertainment, thriving with. Uh, do you remember who you played with here? What tour it was on? Oh, guys, you guys are really scratching my... I think, no, right, I think I have that information here. It was, it was, I believe, Danger Danger at the Pacific Coliseum, 1989. That's the only um, confirm I have. I don't think you came back on the Cherry Pie tour, though. No, we actually, we, we didn't, like I said, we, our, I, I know it was more extensively in the, in the States with, uh, uh, with Cherry Pie. Right. Did you once jam in the garage in Mount Lake Terrace, Washington? I jam. I jam. Any night we can get out. We we'll, we'll sit. We'll go into a, a small dumpy little club in Podunk, Iowa, and uh, and basically, uh, if it's an open mic and we've been partying, having a good time, we're up on stage, you know, jamming. Doing Uncle Tom's. Uh, anything from Uncle Tom's to you know rock and roll from Zeppelin. What about your new video for Ultraphobic? There was a piece on Metal Edge with you filming that. Yeah, uh, for a family picnic.
That was Family Picnic, yes. Yeah. Will they be yeah. doing a piece on Stronger now? And can you tell it's us? It's already been done. We we actually filmed it about about a month ago, and uh, no, but will Metal Edge be showing pictures of the shoot? Uh, or? Prob- probably not. We it was literally we were on a five day break in between uh, in between tours. Um, actually, Eric and Jerry went to uh, to Foundations, and um, Rick and I flew out to uh, Texas and uh, shot it by uh, Sam Taylor, who's produced uh, King's X and. Uh, Galactic Cowboys um, was actually the the producer for the video, and we shot it uh, outside of Houston. It's on like an old area of uh, uh, Houston. Very, um, it's 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 got almost a period type effect to it, and that's where we shot stronger now. It's been great talking to you, Jamie of Warrant. Really appreciate the time. Thanks yes. for putting in and speaking to us here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. If anybody's interested in Warrant and wants to get a hold of that fan club, can you give that information now? You know what? I, I, I couldn't find that, but I've got a phone number. If they can call our management office at 818-787-4065. What's that number again? This is for Warrant information to get your records, etc. If you can't find them in the stores, you want information on Warrant, go phone this number, please. Can you repeat? Eight, sure it is. It's uh, management office for Warrant is 818-787-4065, and they will give you all the fan club, all the information you need. All right. So anything else like that to listeners out there in Vancouver, B.C., Canada at all, Janie? Uh, we, hope, we hope to get up there soon. Mm. And why should people care about Warrant now? Why do you think people should care? Because it's still a killer show live. And backstage, you guys still are into the... You know, you have to come down and see. I'm not going <laughs> to give away any of the trade secrets. All right, Janie. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. And do-do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> dun-dun. Rock Kentucky for us, eh, Janie? We will.